Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 184. Today, as we look at our passages, we'll be noticing that over and over again, and we've seen this in earlier passages too, but I want to make note of it today, and that is that the promise for saving people is not just for the people of Israel, even in the Old Testament, that it's always been that God's intention was to use his people, and especially the Redeemer, who ends up being Jesus, to save people from every nation, every people group, that God's reaching out in love to save people is one that is meant to be worldwide for every people, tongue, and nation. And so, with that in mind, let's begin our passages today by looking at Isaiah 56 through 59, where we'll see this uh, mentioned a number of times, and then we'll work through our other passages as well. Beginning Isaiah 56. This is what the Lord says, Promote justice, do what is right, for I am ready to deliver you. I am ready to vindicate you openly. The people who do this will be blessed. The people who commit themselves to obedience, who observe the Sabbath and do not defile it, who refrain from doing anything that is wrong. No foreigner who becomes a follower of the Lord should say, The Lord will certainly exclude me from his people. The eunuch should not say, Look, I am a dried up tree. For this is what the Lord says, For the eunuchs who observe my Sabbaths and choose what pleases me and are faithful to my covenant, I will set up within my temple and my walls a monument that will be better than sons and daughters. I will raise up a permanent monument for them that will remain. As for foreigners who become followers of the Lord and serve him, who love the Lord of the name of the Lord and want to be his servants, all who observe the Sabbath and do not defile it and who are faithful to my covenant, I will bring them to my holy mountain. I will make them happy in the temple where people pray to me. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my temple will be known as a temple where all nations may pray. Just a little pause here. That's the exact verse that Jesus quotes when he cleanses the temple in the New, in the New Testament, where he comes in the temple and he's upset because they've turned the temple courts into a marketplace. And Jesus quotes this verse I've just read, that the temple will be known as a temple where the nations may pray because Jesus knows he comes to save more than just the Jewish people, the Israelites. He's come to save people from every nation. Back to Isaiah 56. The sovereign Lord says this, The one who gathers the dispersed of Israel, I will will still gather them up. All you wild animals in the fields, come and devour. All you wild animals in the forest, all their watchmen are blind. They are unaware. All of them are like mute dogs, unable to bark. They pant, lie down, and love to snooze. The dogs have big appetites. They are never full. They are shepherds who have no understanding. They all go their own way, each one looking for monetary gain. Each one says, come on, I'll get some wine. Let's guzzle some beer. Tomorrow will just be like today. We'll have everything we want. The godly perish, but no one cares. Honest people disappear when no one minds that the godly disappear because of evil. Those who live uprightly enter a place of peace. They rest on their beds. But approach, you sons of omen readers, you offspring of adulteresses and prostitutes. 
all you all at whom are you laughing at whom are you opening your mouth and sticking out your tongue you are the children of rebels the offspring of liars you who inflame your lusts among the oaks and under every green tree who slaughter children near the streams under the rocky overhangs among the smooth stones of the stream are the idols you love they they are the object of your devotion you pour out liquid offerings to them you make an offering because of these things how can i relent from judgment on every high elevated hill you prepare your bed you go up there to offer sacrifices behind the door and doorpost you put your symbols indeed you depart from me and go up and invite them into bed with you you purchase favors from them and love their bed and gaze longingly on their naked bodies you take olive oil as tribute to your king along with many perfumes you send your messengers to a distant place you go all the way to Sheol. Because of the long distance you must travel, you get tired, but you do not say, I give up. You get renewed energy so you don't collapse. Whom are you worried about? Whom do you fear? That you would act so deceitfully and not remember me or think about me. Because I have been silent for so long, you are not afraid of me. I will denounce your so-called righteousness and your deeds, but they will not help you. When you cry out for help, let your idols help you. The wind blows them all away, a breeze carries them away, but the one who looks to me for help will inherit the land and will have access to my holy mountain. He says, build it, build it, clear away, remove all the obstacles out of the way of my people. For this is what the high and exalted one says, the one who rules forever, whose name is holy. I dwell in an exalted and holy place, but also with the discouraged and humiliated in order to cheer up the humiliated and to encourage the discouraged. For I will not be hostile forever or perpetually angry. For when, for then man's spirit would grow faint before me, the life-giving breath I created. I was angry because of their sinful greed. I attacked them and angrily rejected them. Yet they remained disobedient and stubborn. I have seen their behavior, but I will heal them. I will lead them and I will provide comfort to them and those who mourn with them. I am the one who gives them reason to celebrate. Complete prosperity is available both to those who are far away and those who are nearby, says the Lord, and I will heal them. But the wicked are like a surging sea that is unable to be quiet. Its waves toss up mud and sand. There will be no prosperity, says my God, for the wicked. Shout loudly, don't be quiet. Yell as loudly as a trumpet. Confront my people with their rebellious deeds. Confront Jacob's family with their sin. They seek me day after day. They want to know my requirements like a nation that does what is right and does not reject the law of their God. They ask me for just decrees. They want to be near God. They lament, why don't you notice when we fast? Why don't you pay attention when we humble ourselves? Look, at the same time you fast, you satisfy your selfish desires. You oppress your workers. Look, your fasting is accompanied by arguments, brawls, and fistfights. Do you not fast? Do not fast as you do today, trying to make your voice heard in heaven. Is this really the kind of fasting I want? Do I want a day when people merely humble themselves, bowing their heads like a reed and stretching out on sackcloth and ashes? Is this really what you call a fast, a day that is pleasing to the Lord? No, this is the kind of fast I want. I want you to remove the sinful chains, to tear away the ropes of burdensome yoke, to set free the oppressed, and to break every burdensome yoke. I want you to share your food with the hungry and to provide shelter for homeless, oppressed people. When you see someone naked, clothe them. Don't turn your back on your own flesh and blood. 
Then your light will shine like the sunrise. Your restoration will quickly arrive. Your godly behavior will go before you, and the Lord's splendor will be your rear guard. Then you will call out, and the Lord will respond. You will cry out, and he will reply, Here I am. You must remove the burdensome yoke from among you and stop pointing fingers and speaking sinfully. You must actively help the hungry and feed the oppressed. Then your light will dispel the darkness and your darkness will be transformed into noonday. The Lord will continually lead you. He will feed you even in parched regions. He will give you renewed strength and you'll be like a well-watered garden, like a spring that continually produces water. Your perpetual ruins will be rebuilt and you will reestablish the ancient foundations. You'll be called the one who repairs broken walls, the one who makes the streets inhabitable again. You must observe the Sabbath rather than doing anything you please on my holy day. You must look forward to the Sabbath and treat the Lord's holy day with respect. You must treat it with respect by refraining from your normal activities and by refraining from your selfish pursuits and from making business deals. Then you will find joy in your relationship to the Lord. And I will give you great prosperity and cause crops to grow on the land I gave you, I gave to your ancestor Jacob. Know for certain that the Lord has spoken. Look, the Lord's hand is not too weak to deliver you. His ear is not too deaf to hear you. But your sinful acts have alienated you from your God. Your sins have caused him to reject you and not listen to your prayers. For your hands are stained with blood and your fingers with sin. Your lips speak lies. Your tongue utters malicious words. No one is concerned about justice. No one sets forth his cause case truthfully. They depend on false words and tell lies. They conceive of oppression and give birth to sin. They hatch the eggs of a poisonous snake and spin a spider's web. Whoever eats their eggs will die. A poisonous snake is hatched. Their webs cannot be used for clothing. They cannot cover themselves with what they make. Their deeds are sinful. They commit violent crimes. They are eager to do evil, quick to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are sinful. They crush and destroy. They are unfamiliar with peace. Their deeds are unjust. They use deceitful methods, and whoever deals with them is unfamiliar with peace. For this reason, deliverance is far from us, and salvation does not reach us. We wait for light, but only see darkness. We wait for bright light, but live in deep darkness. We grope along the wall like the blind. We grope like those who cannot see, who stumble at noontime as if it were evening. Though others are strong, we are like dead men. We all growl like bears. We coo mournfully like doves. We wait for deliverance, but there is none. For salvation, but it is far from us. For you are aware of our many rebellious deeds, and our sins testify against us. Indeed, we are aware of our rebellious deeds. We know our sins all too well. We have rebelled and tried to deceive the Lord. We turned back and from following our God. We stirred up oppression and rebellion. We tell lies we concocted in our minds. Justice is driven back. Godliness stands far off. Indeed, honesty stumbles in the city square, and morality is not even able to enter it. Honesty has disappeared. The one who tries to avoid evil is robbed. The Lord watches and is displeased, for there is no justice. He sees there is no advocate. He is shocked that no one intervenes. He takes matters into his own hands. He desires for His desire for justice drives him on. He wears his desire for justice like body armor, and his desire to deliver is like a helmet on his head. He puts on the garments of vengeance and wears zeal like a robe. He repays them for what they have done, dispensing angry judgment to his adversaries and punishing his enemies. He repays the coastlands. In the West, people respect the Lord's reputation. In the East, they recognize his splendor, for he comes like a rushing stream driven on by wind sent from the Lord. A protector comes from Zion. 
to those in Jacob who repent of their rebellious deeds, says the Lord. As for me, this is my promise to them, says the Lord. My spirit who is upon you and my words, which I have placed in your mouth, will not depart from your mouth and from the mouths of your children and descendants from this time forward, says the Lord. As we work through that part of Isaiah, we notice that God does reach out to save the nations, but he also calls his own people out for their lack of justice, their lack of caring for those in need. Their worship is basically just lip service and kind of rout ritual, but not really a heart change that leads them to love people, to serve people, to give to those in need and to care, but instead that they do injustice and they continue to lie and cheat and steal. And yet God says that he will come, he will restore, and he will forgive those who turn to him in faith. And now we turn to Psalm 70. And in this psalm, as we uh, listen to its words today, we recognize that this psalm, even though it is a shorter one, speaks again of God being the God who will rescue, the God who will respond to our calling out to him in our disgrace that he is the one who will forgive, that he is the one who, when we call out to him and repent and ask for forgiveness, that he is the one who will restore. Psalm 70, for the music director by David, written to get God's attention. O God, please be willing to rescue me. O Lord, hurry and help me. May those who are trying to take my life be embarrassed and be ashamed. May those who want to harm me be turned back and ashamed. May those who say, aha, aha, be driven back and disgraced. May all those who seek you be happy and rejoice in you. May those who love to experience your deliverance say continually, may God be praised. I am oppressed and needy. O God, hurry to me. You are my helper and my deliverer. O Lord, do not delay. It's amazing how honest and real David is time and time again as he calls out to God for rescue, for God to care, and yet with great confidence that God will do so. And yet at the same time, we realize that this call is not just an individual call for ourselves, but it is a call as we began today with a recognition of the need to have this good news of Jesus shared all around. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, the last part of this letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, we read about the Apostle Paul making collections for other people and other churches, uh, collecting money from other churches to care for those who are in need, doing the very things that Isaiah talked about needed to be done, justice and mercy and caring and loving. And at the same time, Paul's continual desire to go from place to place and to new places to share this good news and have others join him in this work because the good news is all is for all the nations. And so let's read from 1 Corinthians 16 as we hear Paul conclude his letter to the church in Corinth. With regard to the collection for the saints, please follow the directions that I gave to the churches of Galatia. On the first day of the week, each of you should set aside some income and save it to the extent that God has blessed you so that a collection will not have to be made when I come. Then, when I arrive, I will send those whom you approve with letters of explanation to carry your gift to Jerusalem. And if it seems advisable that I should go also, they will go with me. But I will come to you after I have gone through Macedonia, for I will be going through Macedonia, and perhaps I will stay with you or even spend the winter so that you can send me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not want to see you now in passing, since I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord allows. But I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost, because a door of great opportunity stands wide open for me. 
but there are many opponents. Now, if Timothy comes, see that he has nothing to fear among you, for he is doing the Lord's work, as I am too. So then, let no one treat him with contempt, but send him on his way in peace, so that he may come to me, for I am expecting him with the brothers. With regard to our brother Apollos, I strongly encouraged him to visit you with the other brothers, but it was simply not his intention to come. He will come when he has the opportunity. Stay alert, stand firm in the faith, show courage, be strong. Everything you should do, everything you do should be done in love. Now, brothers and sisters, you know about the household of Stephanus, that is the first converts of Acacia. Uh, they devoted themselves to ministry for the saints. I urge you also to submit to people like this and to everyone who cooperates in the work and labors and labors hard. I was glad about the arrival of Stephanus, Fortunatus, uh, Achaicus, because they have supplied the fellowship with whom with you that I lacked. For they refreshed my spirit and yours. So then, recognize people like this. The churches in the province of Asia send greetings to you. Aquila and, Priscilla and Prisca greet you warmly in the Lord with the church that meets in their house. All the brothers and sisters send their greetings. Greet one another with a holy kiss. I, Paul, send this greeting with my own hand. Let anyone who has no love for the Lord be accursed. O Lord, come. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. May love be with you all in Christ Jesus. And so we see Paul's concern for the people in Corinth, but also for the people in Ephesus, the people in Macedonia, people in Jerusalem, people all from different nations and different people groups, but all one and all joined together in love, all because of Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You are-